When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everybody. Uneducated Economist here. So I got my earbuds in. Hopefully we'll have a little bit better sound coming out of the uh, coming out of my new phone because people have been complaining that the already quiet videos are now even quieter. So anyhow, let's see if this helps out a little bit. Uh, got a few articles here. Let's read them off. Uh, this one, Summers warns markets are at risk of spontaneous deflating. And now this is not something that is a surprise to me. This is going to be a lot of talk coming into the future as the Federal Reserve is attempting to try and cool down the inflation narrative. Now, they are not actually doing anything to stop inflating. They're still in quantitative easing. They're just not going to quantitative ease as much, right? But just the idea of them changing their stance cutting back on all the bond purchases and then eventually lifting interest rates has the markets completely spooked. And really, they just don't know what's going to happen. And of course, we're going to find out a little bit more as the uh, as the Fed starts giving off um, some more information. But listen to some of these statements coming out of uh, coming out of summers here. Uh, let me see. There are many who are chasing yield by taking on extra risk, highly sophisticated endowments and and pension funds are behaving in a in that way. And so far as that is happening, it points to something that may or may not be sustainable. Now, this is something that we have talked about. This is where the, you know, like the pension funds, all these people are taking on ever increasing amounts of risk. And the moment that the interest rates begin to rise, they're going to get closer to that high yielding corporate debt or whatever it is that they're in, the, you know, the higher risk. And that stuff is going to start lifting as far as the interest rates on those and the prices are going to come down and those endowments and pension funds may not want to hold that stuff and it may start perpetuating a sell-off. So anyway, um, that's just me kind of rambling. Anyway, let's go on to some of these other quotes here. Uh, the, Fed will, the Fed will have a very difficult time organizing a soft landing. He goes on to say, all the efforts at the dis disinflation... Excuse me. All the efforts at disinflation that we have had historically where it was clearly established that inflation was too high and the Fed and the Fed acted have ended in recession. So think about that. All the efforts at disinflation like okay, so we have inflation going on and what we're going to do is we're going to try and ease back on the pedal, right? We're going to cause disinflation, not deflation, disinflation means not as much inflation as we had, right? 6.3%, 5%, 3%, you know, this is disinflation. We're still inflating, just not as much. Now, what he is saying is all the efforts at disinflation that we have had historically, where it was clear, clearly established that the inflation was too high and the Fed acted, have ended in recession. So he is predicting recession right there. He is saying as soon as the Fed starts to go into a disflationary kind of scenario, then we're going to have a recession. And he says historically that's what it's always done. Um, let me see. What was the other article that I wanted to share with you guys? I got a whole list of them here. Oh, here was a good one. Uh, as the U.S. inflation surge, Japan has the opposite problem going on everyday low prices. Now, this is something that, you know, people have talked about is that we're going to be going into a Japanification, right? Where it's going to be perpetual quantitative easing for the rest of our lives. Now, if that was the case and we ended up with Japan, 
Well, Japan has yet to see inflation. Like, their prices have hardly moved at all. And go and watch, go and check out the link and go and watch the short video on it. It's quite telling on what's going on over there. Um, but I thought I would just share that one with you. But let's go back into the United States. Retail sales up 0.3% in November. Now, I have to think, 0.3% does not seem like a lot for November. And yet I'm hearing about how there was this big demand going into November doing like early Christmas shopping. So there's a lot of information coming out and a lot of people I think are really confused on what it is that they're hearing. Because I hear a lot of times people are talking about the overwhelming consumer demand that has taken place. And then they look at manufacturers and they look at the idea of where that manufacturing has gone. Now, I know this is kind of confusing, but if you think about it like this, like Okay, let me try and let me try and relate it down to like a pair of gloves, just so we have something really simple to think about. The manufacturing of, say, like a pair of rubber gloves, now I'm just going to be totally hypothetical on all this stuff, was, say, made in China. And then China's manufacturing of those gloves ended up going into, like, you know, all the personal protective equipment and stuff like that. And there was this huge demand for it into that particular direction. And so when it came to retail outlets, it was not really available to those particular retail outlets. And what did come available was in high demand because there was less of it there. So the prices of it went way up. Now, what you're having is, is shipments are coming in from different parts of the world. And these different parts of the world may say like Vietnam or, you know, Thailand or someplace else where these rubber gloves may be manufactured very similar to the ones that were made in China but now they're made in a different location and they're coming in at a cheaper price because the ones that were made in China who had this huge demand they lifted up their prices trying to keep them there or they expanded their facility to try and you know provide more gloves no longer can ex absorb the, the lesser cost or the lesser price gloves because of the input costs that are going into the gloves so now they're finding another trade someplace else in the world and that is starting to take place on a very small scale now the reason why you're probably not seeing it on a bigger scale is because the availability of stuff coming into the country just isn't there right we're all backlogged all these ships sitting off of the coast and even though like some people are saying it's getting better other people are saying it's getting worse it's hard to say. It doesn't matter what, whether it's bad or worse. Until it's fixed, it's going to be a problem. And it's going to continue to have an effect, you know, its impact on the economy when it comes to inflation. The, as long as you have like a disruption in the supply chain and you have a demand for products, then you're going to see the price of those products continue to rise. Now, here's something that we have to think about when it comes to retail sales. Are we having retail sales or do we have this overwhelming consumer demand? Because I think the overwhelming consumer demand is coming from these manufacturers who are shipping goods who are not getting it quite to the retailer yet. And since you can't get it to the retailer, the retailer is ever increasing demanding this stuff, which is sending ever more increasing output coming from the manufacturers who are not getting it into the supply chain. So this is eventually going to find its head. It's going to come to a head and it's, and it's not going to look pretty when it does, if that is the case. Now, think about it like this as well. Those same rubber gloves, when you hear about like, when you hear about prices going up and then you hear about like how much consumerism or whatever you want to call it out there, how much 
is that going up? Like you hear somebody will say like, you know, $560 billion and it increased to $580 billion. And you hear about like, you know, these, these prices going up and I'm thinking, okay, well, I go back and I relate it back to those rubber gloves again. And I think, okay, so here I used to sell like a pair of rubber gloves for like $2.50, right? Just a cheap pair of rubber gloves. You're going to use them one time, throw them away. They were $2.50. And now again, I'm just hypothetically talking here, but they move up to $5, which is kind of reasonable. I've seen some stuff actually move a little bit higher than that. But, you know, these cheap rubber gloves went from $2.50 up to $5. Again, because like, you know, there was a huge demand for these rubber gloves for personal personal protective equipment or whatever. But anyway, they move up to $5. And you go and you think about this for a second. If I sold like three pairs of these rubber gloves, for two and a half dollars to three different people, that was seven dollars and fifty cents worth of sales. Now I sell three pairs of rubber gloves and it's fifteen dollars worth of sales. You see the difference in it? So that is kind of an extreme. So maybe it isn't that high, maybe it's just a little bit higher. But I didn't do any more in sales. We just increased the inflation of the price of the gloves, right? The price of the in in made it up that way. Now, a lot of people are saying, yeah, see, that's exactly what's happening out there. But that's not really what's taking place because really the pricing of it is in relation to the to what's going on. But think about it more like this. It's not that we are selling three pairs of gloves. We're selling two pairs of gloves for $5. We're actually doing $10 worth of sales. It's better than what we were doing before. But the economic activity has slowed down because instead of selling three, we're only selling two. You see, the numbers look good, but the economic economic activity is less. And it's all about transactions. You have to think about that. Transactions is where the money velocity starts to come in. And if you're having less transaction and the prices are going up, you know, you're going to have a problem with this because that's going to eventually run into a head. It's going to get to a point where the transactions stop and you're going to end up with $13.50 two-by-fours that nobody buys. So that's another thing. Think about it like that. I mean, this is another way that, you know, I had related to it before is that, you know, there was a time when I would sell 100 two by fours for $350. It got to a point where 100 two by fours would be $1,350. But we weren't selling 100 two by fours. We would hardly sell any two by fours. The economic activity at 1350 on a two by four was just simply not there and it began to slow down. This is what's going to be taking place. Um, so let me move into one of the other articles. Man, I really got to rambling on that one. Sorry, guys. Okay, so uh, where are we? Cash glut in Eurozone drives dollar demand. That one's a really interesting one. So here over in the Eurozone, they're seeing how much demand, how strong the dollar is going to be and how much demand for the dollars is going to be. Eurozone's taking their cash, their euros, and they're converting them over to dollars. Go check out that article. That's pretty good. I don't want to make this video too long, so I'm going to end it here pretty quick. But there's one more that I wanted to show you guys just to kind of show you what, you know, what's happening out there. Because people are looking to get into cash. You think about it. When you get to the top of a market, that's when you want to get into the cash. When you're at the bottom of the market, that's when you want out, right? Buy low, sell high. And now people keep saying cash is trash, but it's not. If you want to buy something, what do you need? You need cash. Okay, last last article. I'll let you guys go. Secure, secure, geez, 
Security and Exchange Commission seeks to prevent one cause of investor runs during financial panics. And now this is a really interesting article because what they are talking about in this article is people getting into cash so fast that it starts freezing up the money market accounts. And this is the problem that took place back in 2008. And so if you, like right as the uh, financial crisis was taking place, you got to remember it was the money markets freezing up. And then once the money markets freeze up, it starts spreading throughout the rest of the financial markets. So... Money markets is like the first access to funds. It's like, you know, the, the quickest turnaround of loans, short-term loans, and it's generally where investors want to put their cash just to gain just a little bit of interest, but still have really easy access to that cash. The only problem is, is that if enough investors go, oh man, we want out, and they start pulling that cash out, then it can start freezing that money markets up. And that's, like I said, that's what took place back in 2008. So anyway, the Security and Exchange Commission wants to put rules and regulations in to prevent that sort of thing from happening. And it gets me to think, and it was just like, uh-oh, if you start putting rules and regulations in on that money market account, you start making the liquidity a little less accessible, like less liquid in there, then they're going to take that as risk and they're going to have an ask for a higher, higher interest rate on that. So it only leads me to believe they're kind of like gearing up some of the markets. I don't know. You guys let me know on that. Um, but these are some of the articles that I just wanted to share with you guys that I found this morning. I thought were quite interesting and I will leave the links down in the description for you guys. All right. Uneducated economist, you let me know.